In 2017, I did my first like extended meditation retreat in Guatemala. And it was on that retreat that I really got clear that I was playing it safe in life. And my heart knew that it wanted to travel. And so I got on that trip that it was time. It was time to take the leap and leave corporate. And that was in 2017, that all of that. So it was between 2015 and 2017 that I was just like shedding layer after layer and really uncovering like what it was that I wanted, my deepest desire. This is the podcast, Creative at the Wheel, and I'm Julie Clare. As a transformational life coach and creativity guide, my life's work is helping people reshape their lives from the inside out. Here, I have deep dive conversations with luminaries who share about their own transformational journeys and how they became soul-sourced and creatively juiced. May their stories uplift and embolden all of us. Let's jump in. Today, my guest is Robin Finney. Robin is an intuitive and authenticity guide for solo experiences, oracle card reader, retreat leader, author, international model and speaker, world traveler, and founder of Wandering Ant. Uh, Robin didn't always live this bold, unconventional life. Um, And that's partly what we're going to unpack today is what, what is this transformational journey about for her and how she works with others. Um, for, because in 2015, she was working in a corporate job, and although she was traveling, she was confronting fear, despair, and hopelessness. Her story of personal and professional transformation uh, is so inspiring and uplifting to me um, that when I recently met her at a transformational leader, leadership event, I knew I wanted to ask her in for this podcast. So in my eyes, her story is such a story of answering the call of the heart, radical trust, and really, truly being creative at the wheel. So let's jump in with Robin. Welcome in, Robin. Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I I, I know we just met at this transformational leadership conference, and I was struck. Um, you were very present on the call uh, as a leader, and I was struck by your presence and your accessibility, and also your story. And I went and looked at your website, and then we got to talking. Um, and I had an oracle reading, which I thought was really, really helpful. And uh, but I want to start today to tell people your website name is wanderingant.com. What what does it mean? What what what's what's behind the story of wandering ant? How can you help us meet you by starting there? Yeah. So wandering ant was born in 2016. And I started, I had always wanted to write. Um, have a blog. And so I launched my blog. And when I was thinking about the name, I thought, okay, what is it that I truly love and want to embody and share with the world? And I'm a wonderluster. I love travel. That is my heart and soul. And I'm also an auntie to five littles. And I call them my littles, but they, they are also my heart and soul and joy in this life. And I have two sisters that have, both of them have kids And so when I was launching my blog, I just thought, oh, I want to carry that with me. But on a deeper level with it, it was more to bring my littles with me on my journeys and my experiences and really show them that there's not one way to live life, that there's so many different ways. There's so many different perspectives to just really own who they are and what they want in life and go after it in that way. Oh, I get it. Um, I wish I had known you when I was a little kid. <laughs> but seriously, um, 
what is where give us a sense of where you are right now what is your work right now in the world with people how do you show up right now in life for people yes that's a great question so the core of all of my work is around creating safe and inspiring spaces for people to be seen and heard and and i'm adding known to that too because i'm recognizing that to really be seen is allowing somebody in to like really know you on a different level. And so it's when we show up inside of that authenticity that we're shining a light on our humanness and allowing others into that. And so with all of my work, I want to embody that sense of safety and trust and just that allowing of people to come in and really uncover and discover who they are at their core. And it's through um, Oracle cards that I do that. I, I do, I offer Oracle card sessions and I teach a course on learning Oracle cards and how to use them in your everyday life as a tool, as well as in your business or with clients. Um, and then also taking people on these really deep transformational solo journeys, solo experiences, which is S-O-U-L-O um, because I know that travel is deeper. It's deeper than just going somewhere by yourself. There's so much more. You're meeting yourself in all of these areas. And um, and then through photo shoot experiences, and I do my own photo shoots um, as part of my own mission to support local designers and artisans. And it's been through my own experience that I've just really gotten to know myself and see myself in a different way, in a different light and embody that authenticity and ownership of who I am. And then really using that to support others in owning who they are, because we're all unique in our own way. We're all beautiful in our own way. And just as there's not one way to live life, like I want to show my littles, there's also not one way to look or be or do in this world. It's like, it's all unique to each person. You know, that comes through uh, being with you, um, listening to you now and um, having met you is that um, there's not just one way. There's there's never just one way. And uh, I do hear the travel, um, the wandering ant has the wandering in it, the solo experiences, the S-O-U-L-O. I mean, I love that um, where it's, it's travel, but not um, maybe what we would think of as conventional traveling. Um, there's, there's kind of a, a gate opening there to a deeper experience, but what about travel? Can you tell us how is travel with you now? Um, so now it's kind of tricky because we're just kind of two years through this pandemic where most of us probably haven't been traveling like you were, but in, in general, before we go to that, what, what has travel become for you and um, how has it shaped who you are now? Travel and wandering. Uh, yeah. Yes. So I, I've always been an explorer. That's been who I am at my core from a young age, an adventurer. I'm Sagittarius. So for those who are familiar with astrology, we are, we're lively. We're adventurers. We, we seek the truth. So travel is kind of an exploring in nature is kind of what brings that to life for me. Um, and so I, I've always embodied that sense of wonder with me and that just curiosity that there's more out there. And that could even be just when I was a kid, I would get lost in the woods. And because I always knew there was something out there. I was like, there's something in these woods that I'm going to find. 
And when I started traveling, I was recognizing the same thing. I studied abroad when I was in college, and that was my first time outside of the U.S. And it was really in that experience that I started to see that there's not one way to live and started to recognize, oh, there's there's many ways. There's not one way. Like I just always believed that, okay, you have this box. These are the beliefs that you've been raised um, to believe. and this is the way that life looks. And so this is how we're going to live life. And so when I started traveling, I started recognizing like, oh, wow, there's different people living life. Like, you know, some people we use, like it's common in Western culture to have a washing machine and a dryer, but you go outside of that and that's not common. And you see clothes just hanging out on the line. And I think, oh, okay. So there's like little things like that in our just everyday life. But then there's deeper when you look at like religion or look at just structure and how people move about their lives and their days. And so I started just honing in on that and travel for me really is that gateway into exploring and recognizing just that the, just the beauty, there's so much beauty in this world and the differentiation of cultures, like just recognizing how there's so many different cultures in this world and how we can all learn from each other. So that's kind of the core for me of what travel is. It sounds like you had the, did you travel around as a kid? I heard you the getting lost in the woods, which is its own experience of wandering. Um, but did you travel much? With your we family? Did. Or, yeah, yeah, we would take, I was, and I'm so fortunate because this is what lit up my wanderlust um, in me, but we would take cross-country road trips when I was a kid. And we had family in the in New England area and family in Colorado. So we would get in the car and then um, drive, drive out west. And my dad would change up the route. Like sometimes we'd go south, sometimes we'd go north, sometimes we'd cut through the middle and we'd go to many different like national parks and see a lot of places. So by the time I was, I don't know how old, 30, my early thirties, maybe I'd hit, I'd been to all 50 States just because as a kid, we were just going every summer, we'd go somewhere. So, so that just kind of ingrained in me. And was it a value of your parents traveling or was it, um, how, how did, what was the culture there in your family to support such traveling? So my dad is very much like me. He he's an adventurer at heart. And if he could, he could, he can anybody, we can all do what we want, but he would definitely, he loves travel. And I think my, my sense of adventure, he really admires that and wants more of that in his life, I think. And so he did have that. And he was kind of the, the one that would lead that. Cause my mom, on the other hand, while she does love experiencing places, she's very much a homebody and she's very comfortable being there. So, um, yeah, so I think it was, it was my dad who really instilled that in me. Um, and even, I mean, but even with my parents, they took, when they got married, they took a, it was a three or six month. I don't know how long, um, honeymoon. They lived out of a Volkswagen. Wow, that's, that's very unusual. Yeah, they did. They had like one of those Volkswagen buses and my dad put a mattress and a sink in the back and they, they went all across the country and 
until they were like running low on money. And so I think that's just, that was kind of ingrained in me from birth. Absolutely. What about creativity? Were you, I mean, this, it feels like a creative way to travel uh, because it's so responsive to the moment and there's so much unknown. I mean, it feels, I feel the creativity in it. Uh, Were you also somebody who painted and drew and took pictures or what, what was your relationship with that kind of stuff? growing up. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that's where I would say my mom has an influence because my mom's very creative. She's an artist. She's, um, she loves drawing and painting and creating things in that sense. But I think, I mean, I did, I drew, but writing for me, it was more writing. That was yep. my realm. And I mean, I started writing my first murder mystery when I was nine years old and <laughs> I just always had this vision of being an author. Um, And so that was, I've always had a way with words. Um, And then I did in high school, I was in theater and choir. And then I did forensics, which is speech acting and debating. So I was very heavily involved in that. And that just really did draw forth that sense of creative expression, because even, even with writing and with words, you get, you get to have fun and play with the way things sound and what, what it looks like on the paper. And so I find that there's a lot of creative energy and art in that as well. Oh yeah. Uh, that's a lot, to be honest. Uh, a lot of people don't have that much they can say about how they were creative involved. Um, it, um, and so we've got this growing up that it, how, so it sounds kind of unconventional. Was it conventional in other ways? Cause I, my sense is that you broke from convention to develop the life you have. So I'm wondering where the convention came in. <laughs> yeah. So it's really interesting that when I think about that and I look back, cause I think, well, actually my family did live very unconventionally because we didn't have quote the American dream in the way that where you have, I grew up in an unfinished house. So Mm -hmm. we were remodeling and we lived in the basement and I would kind of move around in different places. Um, I didn't have, I didn't really have my own room. I, for a long time, I slept on a couch in the middle of the basement. And so I had to learn to create my own space wherever I was and take, take ownership. Even if I only had the couch in the little area, I would still make sure that I made it up every day and kept it organized. Cause that's, that's just what I need to, to function. But so it was very much like unconventional in that sense. But when I look at like convention for me, it was more in my mindset and my beliefs and thinking that even though we lived this way, it felt, it was, it felt like it wasn't right. Like that there was something wrong with it because we didn't have the quote sense of normalcy that others had. Um, And so I think I was always just looking, looking for something different and so, or normal in that sense. And so when I got out of college and was looking for a job, I, I ended up, I took a job thinking like it was going to be temporary. And then I was with the same company for 11 years And part of that was, it was nice. I felt like, I was like, oh, this is, this is how normal people live and they go to work, they have a pay, they get a paycheck, they show up and 
And so I was in that mindset, but then it's just really interesting because no matter where I've been, I've always had the sense that there's something more out there and wanting to kind of break through whatever it was, because even, even in the unconventionality of how I was raised and grew up, I was still very much in a box inside of um, how I grew up in my religious beliefs and, and what that looked like. And, and so it was very like, in that sense, there really was only one way to live, only one way to believe. And that I just even remember with that as a young child thinking like, this doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like this, that there's only one way. So I think I've just been in that questioning my whole life. I hear it. Yeah. These, these like really core questions is, is looking at is, yeah. Is there really only one way? How, how big of a part was the religion in your growing up? It was, it was big. I mean, we, we went, I grew up very, um, like, Christian conservative and church of Christ. And we went to church every Sunday, Sunday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And it was kind of just ingrained in you that if you didn't go to church, you didn't do X, Y, Z, that you were in sin or could go to hell. Or so I just like, I took, it was very, like very heavy at times. And as a child, that's how it felt to me. It was like very, heavy. And it wasn't until I started stepping out of that and and looking, and now I can be grateful for it. Like I'm grateful that I had that foundation. And I also am grateful that I was able to kind of step out of that and find, discover my own path and my own beliefs in that way. And you discovering your own path, including with the religion, did that happen after you were working for 11 years or in the middle of that, or just take us through a little bit of how um, it's really fun to hear how you grew up first off it, it it's very different but i also hear that there are these um there is there's entrenchments as well right yes we have, yeah and yeah and about uh, let me just jump back there there's also i'm assuming entrenchments about how you make money what was your sense of what was possible when you did take the corporate job and it seemed kind of neat because you had all this stuff you know things were together but was that kind of what was expected of you at that point or no and what's interesting because i I grew up like we didn't have a lot growing up. And I mean, my dad would work hard to provide for us, but we had four kids in our family and my mom was a stay at home mom. And it was, so it was a lot to take care of a family of that size. And so there was always this sense of struggle that I would just always pick up on. And so I just kind of had this view that, around money and it being like harder to access and receive. And so when I started working, it was interesting because it was the first time that I was like, Oh, I'm getting paid. And, and it was, and I worked my way up. So it was like, it took a bit to start making more money. But even when I started, it was more money than I had ever made before. Cause I was working a retail job making $7 and 25 cents an hour. So so I think I started out at like maybe $12 an hour. Right. And that was, a, that was a step. Um, and so, but I think even when I was in that, I wasn't even fully aware of having that, like having that sense of stability, 
because even when it still felt like it's like, yes, I had, I had things to take care of me. I had, I had the means to travel, to buy a car, um, to just live and experience life. And with that, I feel there was still like this, this sense of like, I had to be work for someone in order to get paid. And I, so it was like, even when I stepped outside of that, that was a whole new realm for me and learning to receive money for something that I created versus like being under someone and within a company. So I think that's the other part is it's just always, I've been breaking, like trying to just not even trying, but like moving through a lot of, just a lot of barriers yeah, around I that. Yeah. I hear it. It is a, a, a shedding barriers that don't, that don't add up. It sounds like you, you had some kind of sense of when things made sense to you or not, you had an inner right. conversation going yeah. it, when you, I know that you were traveling while you're working and that, um, you know, there were regular jobs. You would get your, save up your vacations. I know we were talking earlier and you would travel. What, what was the travel that changed your life? Where, where can you, where can you, take us in terms of when you weren't the same and you knew something had to change. Yeah, that I'm even getting emotional thinking about it, but in 2014, I I traveled with two of my best best friends from college and we would just every year we'd pick a place and go. And so in 2014 we decided to go to Australia and New Zealand and that I'd always wanted, there was always something about New Zealand that I was attracted to and just always wanted to experience. And I remember just creating all these expectations around it. And in the past, I would go on a vacation or go on a trip and I would still like check in with my emails and check in on work. Um, and this trip, it was like, I remember, I still remember sitting at the airport. My flight was boarding at like 1 a.m., and I was sitting there on my computer until midnight, finishing emails um, to get out. Cause I was, this time I was like, I'm not going to check my messages. It was like, I'm fully going unplugged, which was very difficult for me. And so even that was something different. And then when I got there, I just had put all these expectations on this trip being the trip that would change my life and save me in a way, like rescue me. And so I thought, oh, this will be the trip. Like, I'm going to go there and I'm not going to come back. Like, I'm just going to stay. I'm not going to come back. Or I'm going to go over there and I'm going to meet a guy and my life's going to change and I'm not going to come back. And it was just like the sense. And so as it drew to the close of the trip and those, that wasn't happening, I started feeling this like emptiness and sadness within me. And I'll never forget, I was dropping off a rental car and I stood outside, I was getting ready to, I was at the airport and I stood outside and I looked out and I saw this big rainbow and I had no idea because I wasn't in the spiritual world that I am now where believing like seeing signs and, and believing that to mean something. But I remember seeing that rainbow and thinking like, oh, this is something, this is a promise. And I don't know what it is. And then when I got back from that trip, I did enter a deep depression and it really, it was, and I say depression in the sense that it was, it was difficult. It was very emotional 
very mentally exhausting. I, I did have a hard time like getting out of bed and just showing up for work. And when I did show up for work, it just didn't feel meaningful and nothing in my life felt meaningful. And I was feeling trapped. And so that really, that trip like opened up for me. And that's when I started, I started going to a therapist. I started doing some transformational programs and then I started getting into meditation and yoga. And so it was kind of, even though it was like difficult to have, it was the most beautiful gift because it really did open up so much for me to step into where I am now. Absolutely. Was it, how easy or hard was it for you to reach out for help when you, when, you, when that started happening? It was, it was difficult. Um, I've always been very independent, self-sufficient, have to do everything on my own to prove that I can do everything on my own. So it was, it was difficult to reach that point. And would you, did it start as uh, emotional support? Like I know that transformation to me isn't, my experience of it isn't, it's not in the same space necessarily as emotional support. Um, right. Yeah. You know, getting us through and yeah. So what's, what's your sense of the difference between that, you know, dealing with uh, depression and starting to meditate and uh, the yoga and the, and the transformation that happened a little later. What, what was that? What was that in its own right? I wonder for you. Yeah. So, it, and it did. And I, I hear you on that. Cause I think, um, and that's where I think the difference is between going to therapy or a counselor or somebody who is, um, medically trained to work with traumas and depression and anxiety and things like that. And so that's where I started. I remember the church where I was going at the time, um, my home group leader had recommended that maybe I go talk to a therapist, just try and see what it was like. And so I was nervous because I had never, never done anything like that. And I just had a very skewed view of what that was. Um, and that really did open up for me like having somebody just committed to listening to me and hearing me really made a difference. And I started working through a lot of, uh, a lot of the blocks yeah. in that way. And then that kind of opened up for me being open to take, trying on transformational work because before that I would look at it, like, I don't know. I just didn't really, I don't re- know that I really had a view of it. It wasn't really part of my world. Um, and I also didn't understand like why I was like, I don't understand why, why people go like do these programs and they're so happy. Like <laughs> it's weird. It's like, why are they? So, so I just, I kind of had that view with it. Right. Um, so yeah, so it, it really was, it was like a, it was a beautiful journey and like blending of different modalities. So there you were, and you had done your New Zealand trip, and then you're doing this. When what launched you into doing some of these other trips? How, what was the the change? The it was there a like a two year gap, a three year gap, or did you continue to travel and things started I shifting? Can, yeah, I continued to travel, and that is when I was. I'll never forget that I was like doing. I was doing a program, and one of the leader of the program had told me uh, we were having a call, and he said you're like a drug addict, except you're not on drugs. He said, travel is your drug. And you go to these places 
and you need your next fix. Cause I was, it was like, I would have to immediately when I got back, I was like having to, I would plan a trip so that I would have something to look forward to. And looking back, I don't know that I 100% agree because I think that's part of the wonderlust too. And I've, now that I've connected with so many nomads, I see that that's a big aspect of just who we are. We have that zest, but I can see like where he was coming from that I really was looking for it to be a fix for me. Something's wrong. I'm happy when I travel. So I'll, I'll do this so that I'll have something to look forward to because otherwise I'm not going to be able to, I won't be happy. So I was like equating happiness with that. Um, but it was kind of, it was at that moment though, that I decided I was like, okay, I'm no longer going to place expectations on a trip. I'm just going to go and experience. And so I did, it was I, like the next year I went to Iceland and it was a completely different experience than any other trip I'd ever been on. So was there like a personal challenge in there when you went to Iceland? It's like this information about, I don't want it to be a fix. So I want to, I want to open to something else or what, what, what there was a little shift there. Yeah, it was, it was more like, oh, let's be present. Let's be let's present, be present to where we are and not not add any meaning to it, not add any expectation, just take it one day at a time and know like you're here for a vacation. So enjoy the vacation. And then when you go back, be present to being back. So you went to Iceland in that mode. Yes. And it was different. It was different. (laughs) And then did you just return and um, what were you still working at the corporate at that point? I was, yeah, I, I, um, I returned and then I, I was still continuing to just explore in different, different, um, areas of transformation. And I did a photo shoot, which changed my life. Um, I saw one of my friends was doing a, she's a phenomenal photographer and she was doing these celebration photo shoots. And so I saw, I was like, and I'll never forget. It was like $150 at the time. And to me, I'd never spent invested that much money in myself. And so it felt like a lot, but I was like, no, I want to do this. And so I just like put the money down. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I'd always had a vision from a young age of doing a photo shoot, like modeling and doing a photo shoot in an abandoned warehouse. And so she found an abandoned warehouse in downtown Dallas. And I bought a couple new outfits for it. And we chose three words to embody in my photos. And I felt like in the experience, I just felt so seen and it was, and I'll never forget, like when I got the photos back, I just, I started crying because I really felt it was like for the first time I felt that beauty inside myself. Cause it's like, we can look good in photos, but if you're not embodying that, then it's, it's not, you're not really, I don't know, you're not experiencing who you are um, at your core. And so that kind of like cracked me open. And then from there, that's when I started getting into doing, I did my first like mini meditation retreat and started learning about meditation. And then I, I committed to yoga and really getting involved in yoga because I had always, I would work out, but it was never like anything that would stick. It was more like a have to. 
And something about yoga, I was like, this is different. And I, oh, it just, it opened so much up for me and being on my mat and learning to be in my body. And so it was kind of, it was just like all of it just kind of beautifully came together. And then from there I did in 2017, I did my first like extended meditation retreat in Guatemala. And it was on that retreat that I really got clear that I was playing it safe in life. And my heart knew that it wanted to travel. And so I got on that trip that it was time. It was time to take the leap and leave corporate. And that was in 2017 that all of that. So it was between 2015 and 2017 that I was just like shedding layer after layer and really uncovering like what it was that I wanted, my deepest desire. That's beautiful. And, and so what we're, so here we're brought to something closer to where you're living now, right? I mean, in terms of there is this, you're surrendering in this, like the job, this, the, what we perceive as security in this kind of world order. Um, and you know that you're playing it safe. I mean, that's quite a beautiful, deep awareness. And then you launched into what, <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Yeah. So it was on that retreat that I got clear. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I didn't know when I said, I'm going to do this. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I was, I wanted to travel and it did. So when, take you said another... this, when you said this, you knew it was travel. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I knew I wanted to travel. I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't even know nomad. I didn't really know. No, nomad life was a thing. Um, like I would meet people on my travels, but who were, who were doing that, but I didn't really have a sense of what that looked like. And then I started connecting with different people and, and learning like, Oh, okay. There, there are other people out there doing this. And, um, like I went to an event, um, a book signing and the author had traveled to, he had a quest to travel to every country in the world. And I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. People, there's people out here doing this. And so it was like, once you, once you get what, what it is that you want in life, what you're interested in, what your desire, then it opens up and you start, the universe kind of starts attracting you and showing you that, Hey, you're not alone here. There's other people doing that. So I was starting to experience that, be present to that. And so it took me a few months after I got back from Guatemala, um, to actually take, take that next leap and turn in my notice at my job. But I, but I knew, I knew that was coming. And I also was just starting to just really follow and trust in a way that I hadn't before. So it was like the, an opportunity for yoga teacher training came up. So I was, I enrolled in that and I did that knowing that I was going to be leaving uh, my corporate, but I was like, you know, I'm going to see what wants to come from this. And then at the beginning of 2018, that's when I turned in my notice and told my company what I was doing. And they were not surprised at all. <laughs> they were very, very supportive. And I stayed on with them for another three months. And then I bought a one-way, I got rid of my, I let go of my apartment. I, and I even with that, with my apartment, I had never lived on my own. And I knew something told me before going on this journey that I needed to live on my own. So I got my own apartment for three and a half months, which was amazing and gave me that sense of confidence and knowing that I could, that I could do it. I could be on my own in that way. 
And then I left. I sold sold my furniture, let go of my apartment, bought a one-way ticket to Australia. And then I just set off with no plan. You know what? Partly what I want to shed some light or just underline here when I when I listen is the role of having uh, this longer meditation retreat in Guatemala. To me, I'm assuming what I'm hearing in there, there was time and space that was in itself a commitment because it was longer than other ones you'd had, it sounds like. Yes. And that that was a jumping, like from that, I hear so much clarity that helped you trust because there was a strong enough experience of what, what you said a minute ago was desire, right? Or that the, the, the other way started taking some form in terms of desire, like that you didn't want to play it safe. There was yes. a, or that you wanted something other than the safety. So what, how do you see that? How important was that time in Guatemala or, or meditation even, or just time and space to hear yourself? Uh, yeah, it was, it was life-changing and that's why I'm such an advocate and proponent for retreats. Um, I'm a certified retreat leader. I fully believe in the transformation that they provide because it is pulling you away from your routine and you're in a space. And when there's something so powerful, when you're in a container with a group of people who are all showing up for themselves and so just even having the energy of the other women attending this retreat was just so phenomenal and having that feeling held and supported and knowing that whatever it was, I could share and they would be there to hold, just hold that space. And so it really was that deepening of trust. And, and it was clear. It was like the first time that I was like hearing, hearing God, hearing spirit and and I, you know, I grew up so like in such a one way thinking around that, that I thought there was only one way that you could even talk to God, like that God was somebody outside of ourselves. And it was like on the first, the very first meditation on the very first day there was, I got a loud and clear message. You're playing it safe. And it was something I could not ignore. And so it was just like being held in that container all week. Cause that was day one. And then I had like seven days to be able to hold that and work through it. So this, the extended retreat with the meditation was a seven day. Yes. So in seven days, that's all that's, there was a, a, a great container being held there that, that a lot yes. came through and you heard, and I love what you're hearing saying about hearing spirit and, you know, in my word source, but God, right. This relationship. And how it came into this new um, this new path almost. And so so that was already, you said that was 2018? Yes. That was and 20, that retreat was 2017 and 2018s when I left. I'm got it. And here you here we are, 2022. And so from there, did you or when you left, did you know I want to help people? I want to take people on retreats. Is that where that came from? Was the how, how, how does all this that you've been through, how does it inform what sparks your love that you bring to work with people? Because these solo treats, uh, yeah, I'm just curious, how would you link the two, what you've gone through here and what you're offering? Yeah. And, and that's part of the journey is we can't 
Sometimes we can't see it until we look back and see where we were and where we Isn't are now. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. and it's like, cause totally. when you're in it, yeah. when you're in it, you're like, oh, when are things going to shift? When is this? But then you see it and it's like, oh, now I can see this beautiful journey and path that I've been on. <laughs> And it does it like, yeah, it makes me, yeah, me like laugh. De- depression sounds like, oh, it has a real place and a role. When we look back, when we're in it, there's, we're not given this guarantee of how long it's going to be nine months and not nine years. I, I talked to someone a couple of interviews ago and it was nine years. Right. Yeah. You know, so I get that looking back, it's a nice perspective to have. <laughs> it is. And that's, that's where I want to be mindful of like yeah. those listening who may be in that, if you may be in a space right now where you are going through a dark time or depression or something to know that it's like, yeah, there is, it's serving you. It may not feel like it, but it is serving you. And that was kind of, and that's the beauty that I see is when we can learn to get out of our own way, which I'm still learning, but I'm a little more aware now of when I'm in my way. But it's like, I knew when I left on my journey, there was this deep sense of trust that the universe was going to provide for me. And so that just the trust of even buying one-way tickets and just being open to what the world had for me. And it's through that, that in 18 months, I traveled by myself to 20 different countries across six continents and everything was just, it was so beautiful and magical, not to say it didn't have its challenges. um, But there was just like this level of trust. And it was through my travels that um, I started getting more into, I, I hired, I hired a coach. I started going through, um, certification to become a sourced retreat leader mm-hmm. through, um, Darla Ledoux. And even when I signed up for that program, that was another one where it was just like, it was, I was a full body. Yes. And I had no idea what I was doing. It was the same thing with yoga teacher training. It's like my body knew it was just like, just go, just trust And so I had no vision for that, for leading retreats or anything. And it was even before it was before a few months, even before I signed up for that program, I had this whole download. I woke up one morning and I had this download for solo experiences. And it's one of the most beautiful days when I look back because I didn't, I didn't change out of my pajamas. I woke up, I had this vision and it was like, I've got to get this out right now. I've got to get this out of my head. Mm-hmm. And I got on my computer and before I knew it, I had a landing page built to invite people on a wait list to go on a solo journey with me. And I had no idea what I was doing, but I was just like in it. And I stayed in my pajamas all day. And I was just like, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to jump in. And then I got that out and then it took me to now, to where we are today, to really grow into the person who could lead these experiences. Because I had the, yes, I had the experience of traveling, but when I first launched it, it was solo, Mm S-O-L-O journeys. And then it evolved into solo experiences. And that evolution, because I'm someone who this is, you know, I'm with you, how my work has evolved with me and um, it doesn't all come in right day one. Did you take people on SOLO retreats and then realize there was something else you were doing that people weren't expecting or how did that evolution, how did it happen? 
Yeah. So I put it out there. I was proud of myself. I put my wait list out there and then that's it. That's what I did. I put my wait list and then I was scared. I, that's when it was, it's so interesting when I look at my journey, how starting your own business is one of the most transformational, in my opinion, it's one of the most transformational acts that you can go through because there's something, it uncovers so much within yourself, your worth, your value. And so I was in a space where my higher self knew this is what's happening and you are, you are going to do this, but my ego and the, my scared, like that scared inner child didn't believe it was possible. So, so it really did take a lot of work for me to move through owning myself as that leader. Mm. who could take people on these experiences. And have you had good experience with the SOULO or is it still waiting to kind of happen? Yeah. So it's, it's still, I'm launching it this year. I was, I had plans last uh, 2020, actually, I was going to launch my first solo experience in Spain and then COVID of course hit. So that changed, that changed the trajectory of everything. And that's when I stepped into Oracle cards and started really honing in more on my intuition. So it's really, even that has been a beautiful aspect to me really growing into my magic and just really enhancing how I can hold space for others. So this year now I'm like ready and I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah, absolutely. Lunch. My goodness. And I have, I have people coming to me. And they're ready. And so I have, um, I have my first, like I have a, a client who came to me who wants to take her first solo experience to Ireland. And so I'm supporting her in creating what that looks like and supporting her and whatever she, she wants to work through to be able to go on that journey. So it's really cool because now it's like, it's like the universe has been telling me for a long time, answer the call, answer the call. And, and now I'm answering it. Well, and I think it's kind of the, the crooked path a little that the Oracle reading came in in that time during the pandemic, when obviously travel was very stopped. Um, and I can say from working with you, uh, you're a beautiful presence. Your, your depth and lightness is a very unusual combination. Um, so I just, I think it, it'll be fun looking back, uh, years later now to see how important that was in your work that you're doing somehow as, as all that intuition that you grew there, um, in these last couple of years, but I hear you're, it's happening. And I'm thinking, uh, there's challenge along the way here because there you are having this, essentially this travel life, right. And everything's oriented and then you get stopped in, in this COVID thing. Um, I noticed some degree you were stopped where are you right now? Are you absolutely climbing the walls or have you been able to make some travel trips during this or where where do we find you? Yeah. So I'm, I landed back in Dallas and my sister and her husband graciously took me in. And so I've been living with my family and their three little kids, um, for the past two years. So it's been very eventful in that way. And I haven't, I've done domestic travel And then last month I went to Mexico and that was the first international trip I had had since, um, in 2020 at the, in the fall, I did go on a medicine, um, a a retreat in, um, Ecuador 
And so I did get, I did get out of the country at that time, but I haven't, I wasn't traveling because it was just, I am, I'm a, I'm a highly sensitive person. I'm an empath. I have to be very mindful of protecting my energy and COVID really, we were talking about this before we got on the level of fear. Yeah. And I was taking that all on and it's like my anxiety heightened a lot. And so I was, I wasn't as present to checking in with my body to see what, what was mine versus what was I carrying for the world? Ah, and you know, so much of what you tell really is fear has been, we all, why I'm highlighting it, it's because we all have some kind of relationship to fear, whether it's denial, whether it's noticing it, whether it's being ruled by it, it's not easy. And it comes up in different moments. And I think we have been living in such fear with the, the, the pandemic, understandably, but still, right. So where are you with this beast of fear right now? Where, where, where is it living in you? What's, where's the edge? Where's the, the trust or the, the, uh, the, yeah. Where's the big move right now for you? Yeah. So it's, um, one of, one of my values with, if you want to call it a value, but one of, one of the aspects of solo experiences is to support people in getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. And so part of the work I've been doing for myself is, okay, if I'm going to be leading others and showing them, then I need to be embodying it myself. And so I've been having like a lot of like more raw, difficult, vulnerable conversations lately that in the past I may have just like retreated from. And life's really been like just showing me more and more um, of how capable I am and how to trust because I was recognizing that that level of trust I have when I travel wasn't there with me everywhere in every aspect of my life. And so I've, I, I'm seeing that now and, and it's at the point now where I know it's time, it's time for me to step out on my own. Um, and sometimes when, even when we know it, we still need help doing like making the move. Yeah. And so my sister came to me just last week and shared with me that it's, it's time, it's time for me to move on. And, and I got that. It's like, I knew she was going to tell me that. And I had this like deep sense of peace when I heard it and trust, even though it's scary. And I go through, I've gone through my waves over the past week of like, Oh, where am I going to go? How am I going to afford this? What is it going to look like? And even with all of that, the fear, it's not like the fear is going to be there. It's like Elizabeth um, Gilbert always says, like, fear is not going anywhere, but it doesn't have to sit in the driver's seat with me. So it's, it's in the back seat. And yeah, I'm just, I, I feel that I know it's time. And there is this deep sense of trust now where it's like, yeah, the universe has always provided for me. And this time is no different. Beautiful. And, and so I, it's, it's I beautiful. Honor, it's a, yeah. I want to honor your speaking about it because you've obviously, um, you've, you've had such potent breakthrough, you know, cash transformative experiences, uh, and ways where you really let go of everything that you knew and launched out with buying one-way tickets, um, that whole trip, that whole, the continued trip. So there's such that. And then 
really getting that, wow, not all of that am I experiencing when I'm home day to day in the States. And I, when I, because I do talk with people in all different, you know, places with the transformational process, but who often work with others to help them hold space for them, but are also in their own, continue to be in our own unfolding, right? So then we realize, oh, the newer edge is great. I'm, I'm showing up here. I'm really trusting here, but wow, there's a whole place over here where I'm, I really haven't experienced it there. So I, you know, I don't know if we want to call it integration or it is that evolution or it's continuing to expand and ask for more of us. Uh, but I love how um, open you are about sharing that, um, that there's no need to hide it because I, I think you'd be an incredible person to be on these retreats with uh, because you can relate so much um, to that place of vulnerability. And I want to thank you so much. This, um, uh, can you tell me what, would, what your current dream is? What would you say? Now that you know you're, you're, you know you're, you're going out, you're, you're sailing off a bit here. What, what, what it would be your dream? Yeah, I, I just, I have this dream of just really stepping. I see it almost like stepping up and finally like claiming, claiming my spot. Um, in the sense of like. I know that I'm I'm capable of holding this space for others and I know the transformation and the value that comes from travel and allowing yourself to be with yourself in this way. And so I'm so excited about calling people in to these spaces because it's not it's not comfortable, but I feel it. I feel the transformation and the people that will come in. Well that I think is where you're going. I feel it. Yeah. And thank you for showing up today and, and going here with me. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. I really appreciate it. Uh, Till next time, Robin. Yes. Well, that's today's podcast of Creative at the Wheel. Before we go, I want to invite you to check out my Creativity and Spirit Online Retreats. Experience for yourself the breakthroughs and support available when you engage your creative self in a safe and playful community. Begin here if you are ready to ignite your own transformational journey in a joyful way. You can also learn more about my one-on-one coaching offerings on my website, paintbiglivebig.com.